Today, Dr. Melanie Burton, a forensic and counseling psychologist, clinical social worker, and licensed addictions counselor, brings you one step closer to a new you, where you feel empowered and on a positive path to growth and well-being. As a solutions-focused therapist, Dr. Melanie Burton can help you live a life worth celebrating by unearthing those long-standing behavior patterns and perceptions that may be holding you back. And now, here's your host, Dr. Melanie Burton. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. I am so happy and excited. Today I have Dr. Dr. Tara Perry, who is a who utilizes core trauma transformation in her practice. So for over 25 years, Dr. Tara Perry has successfully assisted first responders, celebrities, entrepreneurs, teachers, doctors, Olympians, moms, dads, teens, and even children quickly achieve a higher quality of life emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually faster and more deeply than they ever thought possible. Dr. Perry is a licensed clinical hypnotherapist and a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine. So thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Perry. Thank you so much, Dr. Melanie. I really appreciate being here. Thank you. We're so happy to have you. Uh, one of the reasons why I was so excited to have you is because in my practice, I would say 95% of my clientele suffer from extreme trauma trauma, or what I, what is defined as complex trauma. They're com- complex trauma survivors. So I wanted to learn more about your specialties and um, you being a licensed clinical hypnotherapist, I wanted to ask you about something that um, I've been struggling with with my patients, um, you know, from the complex trauma survivors, many of them ha- have suffered some childhood trauma but they can't really put their finger on it. Is that something that you work with your patients and trying to uncover? Or is that something that you don't recommend because it could open up a huge can of worms? Oh, I, that's, um, I'd say a core of, of what I do. Um, I, I find often people have been in therapy for many, many years and they're not able to get to the root of what they're looking to get to the root of um, mm-hmm. because they don't maybe remember what happened to them. Um, it could be something, you know, that maybe they're, they weren't wanted, uh, they were an unwanted pregnancy and they, and children feel that in the womb. Um uh, or, or could have been something that happened as a toddler or something very, very early on in life where they just can't wrap their brains around it. Um, and, uh, so it, it usually is things like, um, unworthiness or anxiety, or, um, sometimes uh, it's eating disorders because they developed something in early childhood where they didn't feel like they were enough, or they got an attachment to some food substance that, um, you know, 
at the time when you're a child that solved the problem temporarily made you feel better. But as an adult, it's just not an appropriate coping mechanism. Um, so it, it's really all about finding that original trauma um, and the interpretation that the person made about that experience uh, and then uh, upgrading it. So I often say we're like iPhone 14s operating on iPhone 3 technology. And uh, the subconscious mind, which scientists now know is 90 to 95% of our brains, um, it, it doesn't want to change. If, if it doesn't feel, um, it, it wants you to be safe at all costs. And even if what's what, what you're currently experiencing is terrible, if it's familiar and it's been familiar for years, decades, maybe multiple decades, then it's going to default to that because um, Donald Hebe figured out back in 1949 that neurons that fire together wire together. So that just becomes the pattern that we operate from, um, even though we don't know why we originally picked it up. Very true. So how do you help people like that, Hill? So that's a great question. Um, and uh uh, obviously, I, I can't encapsulate in in a few minutes what what took you know years and years and years to figure out. Um, but there are certain principles that are very easy to communicate. Um, uh, again, uh, most of this is swimming around in the subconscious mind. So trying to solve the problem with five to ten percent of your brain uh, is often very frustrating. Uh, so you know people don't understand. Well, you know I know what I should be doing. I know the way I should be thinking. I know the way I should be behaving. Uh, but if the subconscious mind has a different agenda because it's trying to protect itself, it's going to win each and every time unless it gets some kind of pathway between where it is now and where it wants to go, where it really wants to go. Um, it um, uh, Again, you're like that iPhone 14 operating that iPhone 3 technology, whatever gets fired and wired in early childhood. And it doesn't matter so much what happens to us. It's the interpretation that we made about ourselves, the world and other people that really matter. And so when you get a strong emotion um, attached to an experience and um, it's linked to a belief um, or a substance that um, was thought to be relieving at the time um, or a way of being or, or something, um, then it, it, the subconscious mind will change once it can see that, oh, wow, the way I'm currently being is dangerous and I need to drop that so that I can move into a more powerful way of being. It won't do that until it can see that the way it's operating is like an old pair of shoes or like the Wizard of Oz that's pulling levers behind a curtain, but it really isn't the big scary thing that Dorothy thought it was or the Tin Man thought it was. Um, it has to see that it, it has to be able to pull back the curtain and see it for what it really is and how it really got installed. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So you have better access to your subconscious mind when you're in a relaxed alpha state. There's four brainwave states. We're in beta right now. We can multitask. We can know what's going on in the room next door. Um, we can, you know, be aware of what's going on around us. 
when you're in a relaxed alpha state, that's when the brain waves are starting to calm down and heading into a sleep state. So we naturally go into that as we're drifting in and out of sleep. Um, and stuff can bubble up in that state that doesn't normally bubble up for us. We get clear clarity about certain things that happened early on in life. So when I put somebody into that nice relaxed state, they, um, and the feelings are the key. Uh, the feelings will guide us exactly to where the subconscious mind is struggling. Uh, so uh, I'm just a tour guide. I, I don't have to figure anything out. If we ask the correct questions and have the person in the in that nice relaxed state, the 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 subconscious mind will take us to where we want to go, what we need to see, what we need to learn. So whether that happened, uh, you know, when you were in the womb or as a toddler or as a young child, um, I've even worked with military veterans who you know had horrific things they saw during the war, but it was really that stuff that happened in childhood, those wounds that they had, you know, they might've grown up in a tough neighborhood. Um, they might've had to deal with gangs. They might've had an abusive parent. It was those feelings that got, I, in fact, one fellow is coming to mind. Um, you know, he, he literally could not come up with any recollection of himself prior to age six and, uh, you know, grew up in all, with all of those circumstances. And um, it, it took a lot of 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 working with him to get him to be able to even see an image of him. He was able to come up with one image of himself as like a four-year-old. And, and he had never loved that inner child before. He had never connected with it. He had he'd always, you know, rejected it and run away from it and lived in, in, in fear of dealing with it. Um, and as we all know, what we, you know, what we resist persists. So it's that thing that has been haunting us our entire lives, uh, you know, whether it came from, again, abusive parents um, living in a in a bad neighborhood. Um, it can be something simple like a parent yelling at you when you were doing your homework. Um, I've literally had people change their lives dramatically as a result of just getting that little piece uh, corrected um, and understanding that they really are a worthy person that they've put in all the hours to learn what their, their skill is. And, um, you know, they, a lot of these people are really thoughtful, wonderful, caring people. Um, and it's really sad that they're, they're their own jailers and, and it's not because it's their fault. It's not because they're not smart enough. It's not because they're not talented enough. It's just neurons that got fired and wired together in their, in, uh, early childhood. Right. I have a woman who I was working with who actually repressed her entire childhood, like has no memories of her entire childhood. And uh, of course, you know, repressing memories is a way of keeping one safe. It's a defense mechanism. But for someone like that, would you recommend um, hypnotherapy? Uh, the only the only contraindication really would be if somebody was diagnosed as um, bipolar or schizophrenic. Um, but if they're just. She, well, she was diagnosed as, as bipolar. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, that, that would be a little bit more, um, you know, I'd want to know more about it, um, know that their doctor was okay with them. Um, you know, some people are, are more extreme than others. Um, I have had people come that were themselves doctors who were diagnosed as schizophrenic. It, it, you know, they didn't believe that the diagnosis was accurate and I didn't think it was either. Um, so mm -hmm. they went ahead and, and did the process and were able to return to work. Um, they were struggling with something else that I don't think was schizophrenia at all. Um, and neither did they thank God. <laughs> 
Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's a matter of having a thoughtful evaluation and diagnosis with people who are um, qualified to, you know, make those decisions. And hopefully, you know, whoever, um, whoever we're talking about is working with people that, um, are, uh, thoughtfully evaluating their case and, um, and giving them good advice. Well, I think she decided against it because I was out of fear. Like, do I really, really want to know? What happened? Um, she has a, a father who is in prison now for sex trafficking. Mm. Like he he sex trafficked um, people in his neighborhood here in New York. So, well, fear is probably the biggest thing that unfortunately keeps people away from this. But over and over and over and over, I've seen that um, you know the monster under the bed is big, bad, and scary until you look at it. And um, while you might not see something that's entirely pleasant, it's so much worse when you don't deal with it, don't face it, because those feelings don't go away just because you ignore them and try to suppress them. As you know, Um, you know, the more we fight those things, uh, the more power we give them. Um, And if we can, um, that's why uh, meditation is such a powerful tool. I'm not sure if you Mm -hmm. work a lot with that. Oh, yeah. But the key is really to get super, super quiet and then really go into the pain, go into the wherever that knot is that's, you know, energetically stuck in your your awareness. Um, And rather than fight it, rather than suppress it, rather than run away from it, if you can just deeply, deeply go in and sit as close to the bullseye as you possibly can, often you'll find that it's like a knot that will un not over time. Um, my meditation teacher likes to describe it as a flower opening in the sun. Um, and that does takes courage and it takes patience. Um, but meditation has been shown over and over and over in so many mm-hmm. studies to have so many positive benefits and it's free. So, yeah. you know, if you can only do five minutes at first, that's fine, but just, you know, keep, keep adding to it. And once you get comfortable with it and it becomes a pattern for you, um, you'll miss it if you don't do it. Right. 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 <laughs> It becomes a habit. Yeah, really great. And and that's I think that's part of the big key of success. There's a wonderful book called Atomic Habits. And if we just improve in 1%, you know, each and every day, um, it compounds on itself and, and we get better. So whether it's, you know, exercise or eating better or um, just being aware of your thoughts and feelings, because um, it really, uh, don't you find in the, it's in the suppression of those things that it just, it, it gets out of control. It gets numbing, it gets exhausting, it gets um, fatiguing. And then if we live in chronic stress for a long time, it just, it can cause all kinds of physical problems. There, there isn't much health wise that can't be caused by chronic stress. And I've had people that have been, you know, allergic to everything on under the planet with, with the exception of five foods who were diagnosed with mast cell information and babi- inflammation and babesia and Lyme and mold and uh, PTSD. And uh, if, if you can go back to just where, where did that start? What was the genesis of that? And, and at what point did, did the neurons start firing and wiring that you aren't enough, that life is overwhelming, that, um, uh, whatever the story is that you've created for yourself, you know, it's available for other people, but it's not available for me. Um, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. And then, you know, when it gets really bad, it's, you know, it, it can really turn self-destructive. Um, right. so, uh, getting to the root of that and finding out really, cause the root is usually, I mean, it's always some protective mechanism. There's not, it's not, 
it's not um, negative. Uh, and, and so that's, to me, that's the most rewarding part of this work is that when, when people do it, they end up um, shedding weight that they've been carrying around that is unnecessary um, because they're not iPhone threes anymore. They're iPhone 14s. Uh, and I am speaking more to people that, um, I mean, if, if somebody, well, even if somebody is currently living in a very difficult situation, um, they still have better skills to deal with it in present day than they did when they first started um, acquiring the, the, I'm not enough, the, 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 stress, the trauma, the overwhelm, the whatever the story is that they created about themselves. Everybody's got slightly different tracks, but they're mm -hmm. all the, the, the themes are all the same, which is, uh, you know, life is overwhelming. I'm not good enough. Um, I don't deserve. Um, and it's just it's painful to see the the self limitations because they're much bigger in in 99.9% of the cases than the actual limitations. Um, and I'm not, I'm not making little of, of any limitations that anybody's went through, but even if you look at like Victor Frankl and having survived a, a concentration camp, you know, he did not let that experience define him. He, he, you know, it's, it's a man's search for meaning. Um, mm -hmm. he, he, he derived strength and power out of that because, you know, he, again, didn't define himself by that. Whereas a lot of people, most people, you know, myself probably included, if I were to go through that, you know, would I do half as well as he did? But it was because of the interpretation that he made about himself, the world and other people that empowered him. And that's the key. Definitely. So can you talk to us a little bit about your work as a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine? Absolutely. So um, I, uh, I felt called to go into medicine um, back when I was, oh boy, this was back in the late 80s. And uh, um, I ended up going to China for a year. Uh, that was two years after Tiananmen Square and studying at one of the top five traditional Chinese medical hospitals. And I just loved what uh, natural medicine was able to do for people. So many people were able to avoid surgeries safely um, and effectively. Um, they were able to go off of medications that they didn't want to be on that were harming them um, with that and the nutritional medicine. And uh, I just, I loved all that. Uh, and then I stumbled upon uh, this work because um, one of my patients had a terrible trauma, traumatic past, and she was raving about how this was helping her. So um, I discovered that I'm quite good at helping people go into their subconscious mind and finding what's going on in there. And so since then, I've I've trained with a lot of people who are doing amazing work. I'm, I'm a big fan of Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, he's doing more than probably anybody I know on the planet to quantify what's happening in the body. When you go into meditation, you're raising that heart and brain coherence, which heart math has studied. Um, they've got a very clever device um, that's only about $200 um, where you can actually see if you're in coherence. And the more you're able to train yourself to be in coherence, and you will be when you're, you know, thinking better thoughts, um, uh, not um, identifying with uh, being a victim as much as, you know, learning from the situation. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to make light of anybody's difficult situations because, you know, as as Tony Robbins says, none of us are getting out of here alive. Um, right. You know, life has its challenges and they are real. Mm -hmm. However, if if we can um, identify with, with what we've learned 
um, and what's empowering to us, then we can continually upgrade how we respond to whatever life deals us. Um, Tony Robbins also likes to say, uh, you know, life is happening for me, not to me. And That's what I say all the time. <laughs> beautiful. I just said it. I just said it the other day to one of my patients. <laughs> beautiful. What a great perspective. And he change. had never heard of that before. He loved it. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something, you know, again, it's all perspective changing. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of it you can do consciously. Um, and if you can drop into meditation, um, you, you can start to be aware of what, where those feelings are actually stored and, you know, where they come from. And, and again, just, it, it's not, it's simple, but it's not easy. Uh, right. because when we, when we're in fight or flight, um, and that, that is a hallmark of, of, the work that I do is it, it's very good at helping people dial back from that fight or flight, which means you're running, you're hiding, you're freezing, you're fawning. That's the four F's as I'm sure, you know, um, and then dial that back because it's like having the alarm go off in your house all the time. How useful mm-hmm. would that be? It's not useful at all. You get numb, you pay no attention, you, you check out, um, you're not present for your life. So, um, you know, in nature, when there's a deer, um, you know, it's eating the grass, you know, it's in parasympathetic, its immune system is functioning, its digestive system is functioning, its hormonal system is functioning. And then, you know, a coyote shows up and then, you know, ooh, the eyes dilate and the, the blood goes to the limbs and it takes off and, you know, the heart is pounding and it's in fight or flight. It, you know, it's got to just perform at its utmost to stay alive. Unfortunately, human beings think they're in that state all, all the time. <laughs> right. And and they don't dial it back the way that deer does when it stops running. When it gets out of danger, you know, it looks around and it determines that it's safe. And then it goes back into parasympathetic. So the immune system kicks back on again, the hormonal system kicks back on again. The um, you know, all those systems start firing and wiring again. But humans, we because we're all stuck in our heads all the time, you know, we have to pay attention to those thought tracks and manage them well so that we aren't living in fight or flight all the time because we have a, you know, a whole generation of people who are chronically stressed out and it's hurting them. All right. So what are some of the uh, medical or or physical health disorders that you treat? So um, people that have had really good success, I've had um, a number of people with PTSD contact me. One gal was attacked by a Rottweiler. Um, She had to go through six jaw surgeries. Mm -hmm. Um, She had three young kids. Her husband contacted me and said, can you help her? And these interviews are on my YouTube channel and on my Instagram. and uh, she was running to doctors all the time. She had developed a choking disorder so that every time she ate, she would maybe have to go to the emergency room because of, of choking. Um, and in her first session, she was able to rewire that. And um, by the second session, it just really wasn't an issue anymore. Um, so she was thrilled. And then, um, I had another gal who saw her husband catch on fire and he's fine, but she was a sensitive person anyway. So if, you know, she'd be the kid in school that if the teacher yelled at them, she'd be the one that internalized everything and, um, carried it with her. So when this happened to her husband, um, she went into fight or flight and stayed there and, uh, ended up developing allergies to all but five foods, um, and, one of them I think was salt and another one was olive oil. Um, 
And he basically said to her, look, I, I don't know what else to do. You know, we're going to acupuncture twice a week, neurofeedback, biofeedback. You're stressed out all the time. Um, you know, I either have to take you to a mental hospital or, or go see Tara. Um, so she didn't want to come, but she did. And in the first session, she was able to experience more peace than she did in her entire lifetime. Um, and uh it, 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 it took another couple of sessions. Uh, I make people an audio tape that fire and wire the same neural pathways that we've discovered are, are the pathway for them um, so that they can make that transition from that old familiar uh, pattern that isn't serving them to a, a, a pattern that does serve them that is more appropriate for that iPhone 14 that they are today. So mm -hmm. let's see other situations. I mean, I've had physical things. My mother actually was one of my greatest uh, healing examples. She uh, uh, is, she just turned 90 this year. Bless her, bless her, bless her. Um, <laughs> she's still scampering up and down ladders. Thank God. But yesterday, <laughs> uh, a year ago, um, almost uh, maybe 14 months now, but she um, was looking up, walking down the street and tripped and split her kneecap into 13 pieces. Mm -hmm. And as we all know, if, uh, you work in the medical field, uh, the, if an elderly, an older person having an injury like that can be, you know, it can be the kiss of death. Mm -hmm. So, uh, when she was in the hospital, thank goodness her hot, her surgeon did not fill her full of pins. Um, he put a rubber band around it and crossed his fingers and hoped. Um, so, uh, I told my mother when she was in the hospital, I said, mom, take a picture of yourself. Cause you're going to be the fastest healing case on record. And I made her an audio, two audios one of them to speed heal the kneecap because the the brain is very suggestible. Um, they didn't used to think that, but it, with modern um, understanding, modern um, uh, uh, studies, uh, and, and what keeps un being uncovered is that the, the brain is very neuroplastic. Um, it is capable of change much more so. They used to think that when the adult brain was formed, that that was it, it was done, but that's not true. Um, uh, the, the adult brain does have the ability to shift and change. And, and as you change your behavior, whether you're learning a language, learning a sport, you are literally forming new neural pathways in the brain. So that's what the challenge is, is to fire and wire the neural pathways that get you to where you want to go and, and stop firing the ones that are taking you to where you don't want to go. Um, there's a well-known saying that most of us have dirt roads to, where we do want to go and super highways to what we don't want. So we have to flip that around so that you've got the opposite. So um, the first one I made was to speed heal the kneecap uh, to get that patella to heal as, as fast as humanly possible. And you just have to convince the brain in, in language that the brain understands, you know, what needs to happen and, and that it is happening. The brain does not understand future and past. It only understands present. So it's very important to put things in present moment. So get the brain to see it, you know, being a complete thing. The second audio that I made for her, because an older person or anybody for that matter, that's immobilized for any amount of weeks um, is likely to have some muscle atrophy. And again, with an older person, you don't want this. You don't want it at any age, but specifically not as an older person, because again, it can be a life ending uh, scenario. Um, so I created a virtual gym for her to fire and wire those muscles that were immobilized because the, the studies have shown that if a muscle thinks it's working, it doesn't actually have to be working. It will get stronger, um, which is really exciting. It, it's 
we're, we're living in such an interesting time and we're standing on the shoulders of giants because there's so much great research coming out. Um, uh, that's very, very exciting. Uh, on my website, uh, I have a whole section devoted to books that I think are outstanding, but my mother was, um, going up and down stairs and climbing up ladders in in a very short order. So I was very excited to see how well that worked for her. Wow. That's amazing. So what about Chinese medicine treatments? I'm big fan of it. Um, and, and again, the only reason I'm devoted to this right now is I'm only one person and I can't do everything. And this has shown to be, you know, really, really. So I've been mm-hmm. referring out for the actual needles, although I'm okay. a huge, huge fan of it still, uh, because it's going to help dial that uh, that nervous system from sympathetic into parasympathetic. It's very, in fact, the VA hospitals are loving it for um, post-traumatic stress disorder because it's very relaxing and it's very good at dialing that nervous system back from sympathetic into parasympathetic. The only reason I'm doing this instead is because I find this more elegantly gets to the root of the problem. And if you can take the problem out by the root and rewire those neurons uh, on that level, it just works so elegantly and so quickly. However, Chinese medicine is fantastic. And um, people generally across the board, I mean, I would have people leaving, going, uh, you know, just t- discussing how relaxed they were. They'd come in the next treatment. They'd say, what did you dip those needles in? <laughs> <laughs> You don't dip them in anything. Uh, it's just no, you uh, don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just by inserting these fine little filaments into key acupuncture points. Again, you're right. getting flow going. Um, pain and suffering is some blockage. Uh, it's it's energy not naturally flowing from point A to point B. Um, Western medicine likes to do nerve conduction velocity tests in certain situations. So that proves that the energy is not flowing from point A to point B the way it should. Acupuncture gets that happening, which is why, for example, women who can't get pregnant find that acupuncture is super, super helpful. They found that just one acupuncture sessions before and after in vitro increases the possibility of getting pregnant uh, 64%. Wow, that's new information. Mm-hmm. Well, thank all, you for sharing that. Most of the good in vitro places are using acupuncture and have been for for a little bit now. Plus, okay. they did a study which will never be repeated, <laughs> where um, they uh, they they were looking at how much of the drugs were needed uh, if you did acupuncture versus not doing acupuncture, and the people that did the acupuncture needed half of the gonadotropins, which are the drugs necessary to get through that whole process. And the drugs are very strong. Um, They're arguably very toxic and you really don't want to use tons of them. I mean, luckily you're not using them for long periods of time. You're just getting the job done. You're getting pregnant and then you don't need them anymore. Um, But it does cut the, and, and as far as a cost savings, you know, if you can reduce the, the drugs that you're using during that process, it, it dramatically reduces your overall cost. Yeah. Um, I did acupuncture for a long time when I was working on my doctorate because I was so stressed out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My anxiety was so high and I suffered from like really extreme insomnia, really extreme. And the acupuncture really helped heal me. It really helped so much. 
I'm glad you brought up insomnia. That's um, something that should have come to my mind because I've had very, very good results with that. I just recently worked with a woman from London who hadn't gotten a good night's sleep for seven years. Oh, my uh, God. And she was only sleeping about three to four hours a night. She was kind of losing, losing her mind because, as we all know, there's not only the lymphatic system, but there's the glymphatic system. So the brain really has to get rid of a quarter ounce of very toxic material every night. Otherwise, you start to feel drunk. You start to be impaired. So um, one of her coaches was referred to me and um, she said, Tara, I don't know what you did. You never even mentioned the word sleep in the the sessions that we did. I didn't have to. All I had to do is find out the emotion that was preventing her from getting that peaceful night's sleep, rewire that, get that subconscious mind to see very clearly that way of firing and wiring that was appropriate when she was a child wasn't working for her as this accomplished, amazing adult woman that she currently was. So we had to get that subconscious mind to see that, Ooh, that old way of being is like holding a hot poker. We want to let that go. We want this instead. Otherwise, um, and I do work with people that have an eight, nine or a 10 need to change and an eight, nine or a 10 desire to change because it does take energy and focus. It's like learning a language, learning a sport. It takes commitment and focus. You don't have to run a marathon every day, but I do need you to listen to the audio and to follow the simple instructions that come out during the session. Sometimes people need to take a little more rest for themselves. Sometimes people need to eat a little bit better. Sometimes people need to spend a little more time in nature. Um, the subconscious is generally clear about you know what needs to shift and change so that it can feel better and it can get its needs met. It's all about needs getting met and, and perceived needs being met. Right, right. So I also work with a lot of teenagers and children as well. Can you talk to me about the work you do with teens and children? What a great question. Um, I, I do like working with kids. Um, uh, the cutoff point would sort of be, you know, a point where they're able, the sessions might not be as long with kids. Um, mm-hmm. My sessions tend to run mm, 90 minutes to two hours. Um, and that's just based on what comes up. I'm not looking at a clock. I'm just, you know, I, I kind of gauge what the energy level of the person, because as you're peeling off layers that have been there for a long time, it's a little bit like running a marathon. I mean, it takes energy. Um, it's not, uh, you know, it's not difficult. It's just, again, if you've had a monster underneath the bed and you haven't looked at it for all these years, uh, you know, it takes, it takes energy to do that. And then it takes the commitment of just following through, um, listening to that audio each and every night. So, um, one of the youngsters I worked with, uh, was supposed to, um, she was going for dental surgery and was so terrified of that, that she was going to have to have a general anesthesiologist there, which is a big deal in a dental office. You don't want to have to go hire another person and arrange for that. And it's a big deal. So in, in a single session, um, you know, she's like, yeah, no problem. I got this. Um, another girl was going in for a foot surgery and was terrified of that. So, um, we got her feeling, um, you know, a okay with that. Um, I've worked with adults also going in for surgeries. Uh, one fellow in particular was getting his head drilled on for an ear issue and started having all kinds of claustrophobia and couldn't drive through a tunnel and he was having panic attacks. Um, and in one session we were able to get him feeling fine with doing the surgery. Um, The anesthesia did bring back uh, the problem to some extent. So we ended up doing another session uh, right after the surgery. So I generally do sessions a a month apart, Uh, but in Mm -hmm. his case, because something unusual came up, we, we sped that up and, and it worked great. Um, So other kids with uh, digestive issues, because if 
you know, kids are chronically stressed out, that's going to stress out the digestive system. And it was helpful for, you know, resolving those issues. Um, I don't work with tons of kids, but, um, I, I'm, I'm happy to work with them anytime it um, presents itself and they're a good candidate. Okay. Do you have any teenagers who come in who have experienced trauma? Um, uh, what type of trauma is a lot of things for a lot of people. Are we talking? Well, I'm I'm thinking of um, someone I've been working with for many years who um, her mother's boyfriend died in front of her. Yeah. Um, I have worked with teenagers um, that um, have been through pretty horrific trauma, um, alcoholic fathers um, living in impoverished countries, coming here as an immigrant um, and just, you know, feeling total anxiety and overwhelm and, and they've done very well. Um, so I, if somebody has questions as to whether or not they're a good fit, um, I do have, um, um, on my website, consult Tara, you can click the let's talk button and there's about 10 questions and then they can set up a, a consultation time with me. I do have a 30 minute free consultation I do with people. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So do you, are, are you I know you're a licensed um, clinical hypnotherapist, but Mm -hmm. are you licensed in many different states? Well, I'm not a a traditional, uh, you know, like marriage and family therapist. So um, if somebody is looking to work with somebody in that vein, um, that would be somebody else. Uh, I don't do like, you know, weekly sessions that go on long periods of time. Right. Uh, Like I do. (laughs) That's what I do. Yeah. Um, so, uh, no, I, I, I work with people in a 90 day period, um, to okay. go to the root of the problem. And then they get that audio tape that they're listening to each night. I have, um, a weekly mastermind support group that they will join. Um, and if they can't make it in a given week, I it's recorded. Um, I give them a, a high performance journal to note their progress as they're moving through it. Um, um, yeah. Okay. Great. So what else can you tell us about you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, I, I I love helping people um, unload um, patterns that aren't serving them, which I find is just so incredibly common. Um, it, it, I feel like we are all capable of so much more if we can um, take steps to disengage the disempowering thoughts, beliefs, and ideas, and just start moving towards um, better self-care, um, um, you know, uh, better awareness of how we're functioning in the world. Um, uh, I, I do think it's really important, um, and I think Oprah has said that, that um, she teaches people how to um, take responsibility Um because we can't change other people. We can change ourselves. Right. And right. a lot of times when we do change ourselves, the outside world shifts beautifully. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I've worked with people that had, you know, a problem with another person. And I said, well, I, I can't change the other person, but I can change your relationship to it. And it's really stunning that once that happens, the situation will change. I've worked with people that, you know, they were in terrible marriages and um, you know, I, 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 I tell them, look, if you get healthier, you you may decide that this is just unacceptable to you and move on. Um, and that that has happened. Um, if if both people want to get healthy together, then that then that can happen. Um, you know, that'll 
that's that'll be a natural outcome. But um, I, I've had people that, you know, had to change their relationships with their family members, um, change their relationships um, with their friends, because if if people are dragging you down, if they're keeping reinforcing the negative that you're not good enough, you're not worthy, um, mm-hmm. or or they just thrive on fear and and lack and you know all those things then you need to find new friends and and um, have better boundaries with family members um it it is challenging with kids if if mom and dad are the problem and they're not willing to um help out with the the healing process that that does get challenging so if if we're talking about a teenager that's out of the house that's definitely you know, a step in the right direction, but I've had, you know, challenged teens that whose parents were supportive and and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What brought you into studying um, trauma? What was the attraction? It started from the first day that I started my professional career, even though I didn't know (laughs) that was what I was going to do with my life. Um, I first started working in child welfare um, at, I would say, one of the best agencies for children and families, Hillside Children's Center. And I ended up working with, I ended up working in the um, 24-hour emergency unit, um, which consisted of a lot of children who would have to be removed from their homes immediately. Um, So I worked with children who just suffered extreme, extreme trauma. And my work just expanded. I still continue to work with children, but um, it expanded to adults as well. And I used to take breaks (laughs) because working with the children was so Mm. emotionally difficult that I would take breaks and I would switch and like just work with adults for a while. But I always find myself going back to the children. What did you find was the most helpful way to assist them? Um, It depends on everyone has their own different um, sort of treatment plan. So it's all based on their specific needs. Everything's based on their own specific needs. Right. I would definitely um, concur that that uh, it's always it's it's what is their relationship with themselves, the world, other people. What Mm -hmm. what um, parameters have they uh, come up with in terms of their coping uh, mechanisms and and what are, what have they ad- identified as their needs? Well, you know, right. um, if if they don't feel worthy, then they need to, you know, f- feel worthy. If they don't feel loved, if they don't feel heard, if they don't feel understood, um, it's it's mending that thing that got broken along the way. Right, and what you discover with a lot of the children, specifically, the reason they end up in therapy or in treatment is because they have their parents are at their wits end. You know, I work with a lot of single parents. They end up, yeah, yeah, they end up at their wits end because the child starts acting out. When a child is dealing with a serious problem or internal pain or suffering, what have you, they end up acting out. 
Um, it's kind of crazy that we can send a signal out into space and have it come back to the person next to us, but we don't know how to ca- talk to ourselves or to the person next to us. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, we've really invested a lot in, in the material world more than the uh, interpersonal and intrapersonal world. Uh, are you a Gabor Mate fan? Huh? Are you a fan of Gabor Mate? I don't know who that is. He's a um, a uh, physician who worked with the people on Skid Row in Vancouver. Oh, he wow. wrote a, he wrote a famous book called uh, In the Realm of Hungry Ghosts. Uh, before I knew how to do this work, um, I reached out to a friend of mine because I always found it very frustrating. This was probably twelve years ago, something like that. But um, she she knew what addiction was quite well. And I said, Hey, if I want to understand this better, what book would I read? And she recommended that book. And I've become a big fan of his work ever since. And just actually saw um, an interview with him. Uh, I think it's on a diary of a CEO, uh, but it's a really thoughtful interview. Um, He's just a, he's just a very heartfelt, thoughtful guy. And, and just not having um, uh, an attuned adult, present with a child. Um, and that happens all the time in childhood when there's stress, when there's, uh, financial struggles, when there's, um, addiction issues, work issues, you know, whatever mom and dad aren't comfortable with, whatever they're struggling with, whatever they're fighting, um, whether it's economic issues or, or substance abuse issues or physical abuse issues, um, the child is going to experience a, a lack of attunement. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're not going to have that loving, caring, attentive person. So they're, they're left without. Um, and, uh, there's a very simple study, uh, that was done with rats and, um, even rats, rats that were licked as children, um, cause that was how rats express love and affection is to lick their, their, their offspring. Um, the ones that got licked, um, you know, an appropriate amount and, and, uh, you know, those developed those neural pathways that were healthy and kept the rat healthy. Um, but the ones that didn't get that, um, bonding, that, that simple act of, of licking, uh, you know, had problems. So if you just take that into the human world, if you don't get the, the hand holding, the, the yeah. back rubbing, the, the, that, that, eye contact that just shows, you know, I'm here, I'm present, I, I care about you, you matter, mm-hmm. um, then you, you know, you get problems because that's not optimally how we're supposed to uh, develop. Well, I mean, the name of my radio show is Tra- Trauma, Attachment and Empowerment. So I'm really big on the importance of teaching my clients about secure attachment this is my doctoral dissertation. Beautiful. I did most of my studies on women and the women were in substance abuse treatment. <laughs> and any kind of addiction is just trying to fill a hole um, and you can't fill it with the addiction. But um, again, until the subconscious mind can see, oh, this is a dangerous habit. I, I want to not do that. I want to move to that thing that actually fulfills what what that hole is all about. And it's never mm-hmm. about, it's never about the substance. It's never about shopping. It's never about sex. It's never about, you know, the internet. It's, those are all distractions. Those are all trying to fill that hole. Um, and, and it, 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 obviously that can't happen with anything other than 
being attuned to yourself and, and the challenges is how do you learn how to do that if it wasn't modeled for you? Right. Right. And, you know, um, while you were talking, I was thinking about how another reason I end up with children um, coming into my practice is because a lot of them are the are what we call the identified patient or the identified problem. So the child is considered the identified problem in the house because they're acting out because there's something bigger going on, you know, like mom and dad's arguing and and, um, dad's drinking or mom having a major mental health disorder, um, which has everyone in the household walking on eggshells. So I see that quite a bit as well. And, you know, working with families to uncover what the real problem is that's having an effect on the entire household. I just also read an interesting book by RJ Spina called change your mind. And he has um, a practice that I don't know, maybe your people would find, um, you know, your clients, your patients um, or your listeners. uh, But it just involves taking a journal and then noticing what your impulses want you to do each and every day. And then just writing down, well, why do I want to do that? And then, okay, well, why do I need to do that? And okay, why do I need to do that? So, you know, if you're in a conversation with somebody and you're feeling angry and you need to be right, well, why do I need to be right? Um, and then just follow that and see where it goes. And and that can be re- very revealing. Like, oh, okay, well, when I was arguing with my dad, I really needed to be right because otherwise, you know, I got punished or who knows where, you know, it goes different places for different people, but just being aware of what those impulses are, you know, I'm going to the refrigerator and I'm full, but I still need to eat, you know, why do I need to do that? Um, You know, why do I need to get so drunk that I can't think anymore? Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. just, just trace it and see where it goes and and write it down. And, and anyway, hopefully that would be a a useful tool for your listeners. That's a great intervention. So I, you know, for me, I think, it would be helpful for me to, you know, get you connected up with some of my patients who have experienced trauma and they've repressed it. Well, let's have a conversation and uh, we can uh, talk and find out what your patient's needs are and, and see what we can do together. That sounds good. Okay, so we just have a few minutes left. Is there anything you'd like to share with us in the last few minutes we have left? Oh, goodness. Um, well, let's see. Um, I, I Another t- useful tool. Um, uh, I don't know if you know of Wim Hof, but he, he uses ice therapy. Um, and if you start taking uh, cold showers, um, there's actually physical physiological benefits for that. Um, he's a very unusual uh, person. He um, uh, his wife was so uh, distraught and depressed that she committed suicide and oh, that left him very depressed and distraught. So he turned to cold therapy as a way to um, manage that. And he he got so good at it that he has defied uh, logical medicine. Um, I think they injected him with salmonella just to see what would happen because his immune system has gotten so strong as a result of, he swims under under ice and meditates on icebergs, you know, with hardly any clothing. And and he's trained a whole, um, 
group of people to do this worldwide. In fact, a roommate of mine at a Joe Dispenza event um, a, a little over a year ago, um, I I just ran into her at another event a little over a year later. She has since become a Wim Hof certified instructor. And oh my goodness, her whole demeanor, her physique, her energy is just off the chart vibrant. So um, even something as simple as that, um, he's got an app that you could download onto your phone. Um, I don't know of any contraindications for that, but if you're going to do it, obviously check with your doctor or whatever you need to do to make sure you're healthy and safe. Um, but, oh, and he's got an 11 minute breathing, um, technique that's on YouTube. I think it's been watched by 60 million people or something outrageously large, (laughs) but Mm. that's just a way to use breath work because breath is your connection to the present moment. Mm -hmm. And it's extremely powerful. Um, the, the Navy SEALs and all kinds of relaxation experts use box breathing, which is just a simple, you know, inhale for a count of four, hold it for a count of four, exhale for a count of four, hold that for a count of four. And just simply repeating that I've done with that with people in my office and they go from being all stressed out to just being relaxed and in the present moment. So um, the 11 minute Wim Hof thing um, is, is a little bit more rigorous breathing um, and it in, includes a breath hold. Obviously do it when you're in a safe, quiet place. Um, and uh, um, again, just by increasing and um, using your breath, uh, in a controlled, uh, clinically proven way, uh, you can reap the benefits of that as well. So there's a lot of interesting tools out there. And I like to make mm-hmm. as many of those available to people as possible, because we do have a, a huge, huge need in our society today for people dialing back that sympathetic nervous system into the parasympathetic nervous system, um, and just developing a much greater attunement and awareness to our own energy flows, well-being. Um, I think getting connected to nature is also hugely. Um, oh, valuable. yeah. Yeah. So if it's taking your shoes off, I mean, one time my big diagnosis or my big recommendation for a patient one day was to take her shoes off and go walk on the beach. And she's like, oh, my gosh, that helps so much. I just, <laughs> it's exactly what I needed. <laughs> so whether it's, you know, taking a walk in the forest or in the local park or, you know, taking your your shoes off and walking in the grass, grounding. I think there's grounding.org or something. Mm-hmm. That has I do. I do a ton of grounding exercise and breathing exercises. With my patients because it 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 just is so tremendous, especially for people who you know are too into their head mm-hmm. and they're, you know the grounding offers a way of distracting yourself and changing your thought process. I'm really glad you just said that because the big key I think is getting out of your head. Um, if your head had the answer, it would have figured it out already. Um, so often the answer is just dropping into the present moment, dropping into your breath, dropping into that heart and brain coherence. Um, because in that place, your, your body, mind and spirit can heal. Um, and it can't when it's in that monkey mind hamster wheel. Right. Right. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Tara Perry for joining us today. I would love to have you come back again. (laughs) Thanks. That would be a delight. Thanks, Dr. Melanie. I really appreciate you having me on today. Thank you for joining us. I know how busy you are. Okay. Thank you, everyone. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you, Dr. Perry. Outro.